Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. By now, most everyone in the country and perhaps the world knows about the tragic failures of our nation's veterans' hospital system. And now, National Nurses United, the nation's largest organization, representing over 185,000 nurses, including more than 9,000 who work at 22 VA facilities, is speaking out. Nurses are horrified by the creation of secret waiting lists at VA facilities and even more importantly, the delays in treatment and care that those lists hid. Actions like these that put our nation's veterans in danger when they need care are inexcusable and should be dealt with severely. This was Deborah Berger, RN co-president of National Nurses United. However easy it is to blame this all on one person or the current administration, our guest today says this, the inexcusable waiting lists are symptoms of deeper problems, said Irma Westmoreland, RN, chair of Veterans Affairs for National Nurses United and a registered nurse at the Augusta, Georgia VA Medical Center. The VA is suffering from a tragic lack of resources that leads to delays in cares. It spends resources in ways that do not benefit veterans, and it does not sufficiently empower frontline caregivers to act as patient advocates. Welcome, Armin. Thanks so much for being with us today on Nurse Talk. Hey, glad to be with you. <laughs> so this is really complicated, but having worked inside the VA system for decades as a nurse, can you give us your perspective? There are many facets to the VA system. Having such a large system is, is in itself difficult to change overnight. However, most importantly is to have things in place so that uh, those folks that are touching patients every day or who are um, dealing on the ground with things that are happening have a way of standing up for their, our patients or standing up for the folks that they work for so that we can bring forward when we find issues and then when we bring those forward holding those uh, accountable above us that uh, to do the right thing with the information that they're told. Yes. Uh, that's going to be the, one of the biggest challenges I think of making sure that that uh, this works well. The other piece is certainly um, underfunding, chronic underfunding in the VA. Um, we have tons and tons of veterans now and more coming back every day, more from all these wars that we have going on, and we need funding to have nurses and doctors available to take care of them. Well, that's an interesting point, Irma, and one I don't think gets enough uh, credit, one enough that, that isn't talked about enough. So what about the Congress and funding for the VA? Because, you know, Shinseki stepped down and everything, but are you really getting the funding you need from Congress? No, we're not. Now, they did, <clears throat> you know, they just passed this bill um, that they're working on right now. Um, House and Senate both passed it very quickly uh, to address some of the issues in the VA. And they did add uh, money for more doctors and nurses and and things, but it's just not enough because we've had such chronic underfunding um, overall for the VA. They, we have all these wars that are going on, and these guys that are coming back need specialized care. Mm. They need the care to take care of brain injuries that they're getting, to take care of, of limb injuries that they're getting, to take care of mental health issues that are coming out of the out of the war. And more and more people are coming out with other illnesses that need to be addressed and we just don't have the funds to make it happen. This is a really good and can be an exceptional health care system, and it is a, it is a good health care system. 
Um, but there are tweaks and things that need to happen to make it even better. One of the things that needs to happen, of course, is that our leaders need to be held accountable for the decisions that they make. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things going a long way with that is that uh, bill that's going out right now to that Congress is trying to, uh, you know, do a um, – they're meeting together to make sure that the House and the Senate sides uh, meet and – uh, pass and give to the president so that some of these things can be easier dealt with, one of those being higher, uh, easier to terminate CEOs and those at that level, yes. which I think is a good thing. I think it's a good thing, too. I was surprised to see Sanders and McCain working together. Those are the two authors of this most recent bill? Yes, it is. And it, it is definitely uh, a, diff- a difficult thing seeing those two work together since um, – you know, Sanders has a lot of really, really good things for the veterans. McCain does want veteran things, but they do have different ideas of where they think it needs to be. McCain uh, really uh, wants to have the whole thing privatized, while Sanders does not. And privatization will not help our veterans in any way. Certainly they're giving them a two-year grace to go and see other people if they can't get into the VA, but after that, that needs to stop because the VA has specialized uh, care that nobody else is able to give. Certainly uh, across the country, you've seen this in every state, public mental health beds, public mental health access is decreasing uh, by exponentially, and in the VA, we're increasing that. Um, certainly, uh, nobody else has a spinal cord injury. Uh, treatment and research that we have. Nobody has the uh, brain injury, blind rehab, all the things that we have for our veterans that they continuously come back with. We have the best way to take care of them. We've been doing it for a long time. We are the experts in that area, and it can't be privatized and actually have the patients get good care. What's going to happen is the same thing we've been talking about, oh, we'll give you a voucher to go to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, then uh, what happened there? Uh, more and more people are are uh, wanting a, a voucher, and then you get less and less for your voucher, and then your and then the, the rights that these veterans have earned to have health care are eroded away. Yeah, absolutely. And also, what we've seen too is that some hospitals are already keeping beds open because they're anticipating that they'll get more from the VA than they will from you know Medi-Cal or Medicare. So it oh, also yeah, they will. Because so, VA's right. going to pay top dollar. Right. So then it pushes the private system, then gets overburdened, and people that would be able to access care are unable to because the, the veterans are in there, and they need care as well. But like you say, we have a system in place for them. We just need to utilize that. Yeah, and beef it up. And also, right. private... If it wasn't chronically underfunded, this would not be a problem. That, uh, that is so overall. true. And it is chronically underfunded. And the other thing, privatization so far has not worked. I don't think it works for our prison systems, and I certainly don't think it works for our health care system. Privatizing and people, you know, when they say privatize, to me that means profit for somebody. So yeah, somebody's going to make right. profit off our veteran suffering? I don't think so. I don't think that's the right way to go. And as you said, you folks at the VA are trained and have been doing this for over 100 years. It's time for us to just start funding you all. And also, can you talk about the pay scale and how hard it is to get? Is there not like 2,000 open jobs in the VA system? Oh, yes, tons and tons of them. And part of the problem is there's a law that says that the VA cannot be a pay leader in any community. Oh. So the law automatically cuts the VA for um, pay. And um, 
it says that we'll do, uh, you know, we'll pay you according to locality. But remember, we just went through four years of pay freeze. Mm. So the RNs in the VA and uh, everybody else, of course, have had pay freezes and no locality raises have been given to the registered nurses. Although all these CEOs and all these other guys have gotten tons and tons of bonuses, that stuff did not happen for the nurses. And we have had um, very little response to this year. They did give a tiny little 1%, you know, 1% raise, and it, it left the door open for some some areas to try to do a locality pay raise. And across the board, I would say less than 50% of the facilities even gave a raise because they don't have the money to do it. We need to be able to pay the nurses adequately to get good quality nurses to come in. That's so true. I have to say a 1% raise, just to put that in focus, I got a 1% raise at the place I currently work at was 63 cents an hour. Right. That's right. And so how does that, you know, for four years, though, the first time in four years, that's all you got. And the VA has just gone further and further down with pay. Um, But, you know, of course, from our perspective, there's money available to pay the nurses. And one of the things that we believe fully that needs to happen is they need to cut out some of these management positions they have. Mm -hmm. The the VA has a three-tiered management system. They have, you know, what we call central office in in Washington, D.C. that is the main hub of where everything is. And then they have middle management, which we call vision integrated network systems or VISNs. We have 22 of those that were supposed to, when they were uh, envisioned and, and set up, to cost less to run than the way that they were doing it before, and now it's cost billions and millions of dollars more. And um, if we believe you could cut that down to a third of what it is, and the money that you save for that, you could pay nurses, you could hire doctors, you could hire enough nurses, APRNs and staff RNs, to get the work done to see our patients, and it wouldn't cost them any more than um, what they need to do if they could cut that out. That would be a good place to save some money. Uh, but the other thing is we need some more facilities, mm-hmm. and that's going to cost money long term. So just a note about the VA. The VA operates 151 medical centers, 135 community living centers, 103 residential rehabilitation treatment programs, and 820 community-based outpatient clinics. According to the most recent VA audit from 2012, there are about 7,000 specialty physicians at all VA medical centers. 5% of those positions are now open. That's right. That's a lot of openings, and if, if you haven't had a pay raise in, in four years, you're not competitive with the people in that market. Yeah. That's exactly right. And even more from the nurses' perspective, um, the VA, you know, they don't, they don't staff on nursing ratios, which is the best, of course, way to staff so that you have to give good quality care to patients. They do a thing called staff and methodology mm-hmm. where they say that their uh, ratios are 1 to 10, which is a big, fat lie. Uh, it may in some areas be 1 to 10, which is way less than the 1 to 4 that is safe rate patient ratios. You know, there's lots and lots of studies out there that show for every patient more than that that you have exponentially the um, the death rate goes up occurs. But you may have one to ten, but those are your ten that you do all your care for. But then you got another ten or fifteen that you got to pass meds on or do assessments for. So you got twenty five. That's incredible. (laughs) I can't imagine having twenty five. And the VA, you know, we all sit out and say, oh, this is what our staffing should be. It should be twelve nurses. But the director still has the ability to say, nope, I can't staff that. You can only have six. 
and you just got to make do with what you have, and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we absolutely need to be able to pass this new bill that we have going forth. It's a Senate Bill 1556, and um, we need to make sure that we can uh, pass that bill to give the nurses collective bargaining rights so that we can actually stand up for our patients and ask for patient ratios and ask for things that the nurses need to help take care of the patients, which we cannot do that now. So, Irma, how can we get our nation's politicians to work together? It sounds like there's a lot of... uh uh, noise in the in the political background here. What can we do to help? Well, what we we need people to call their um, senators and ask them to pass this bill, fifteen fifty six. We've been talking to all of the senators um, that are uh, that are on the committee. Uh, we've talked to um, to Senator Jay Rockefeller from West Virginia this past week. We talked to uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal from. Um, uh, Connecticut. We talked to Senator Patty Murray from Washington State, Senator John Tester uh, from Montana. All, all of those are on the committee that can help get this uh, law, I mean, this bill added to some kind of legislation that is moving through, like the omnibus bill or to any of the, or even to the one that they're working on right now that is going out to the president. If we can get this bill added to it, it would allow the nurses to be able to fully advocate for our patients by um, making sure that we can we can bargain for ratios, we can bargain for uh, good staffing. You know, the VA does anything they want to for nurses for staffing. I've never worked at a place where the VA says we can make you work days, evenings, and nights. Doesn't matter. You work for the VA. We can do whatever we want with your schedule. Wow. And nobody works like that in the pr- private sector. You work, mm-hmm. you know, twelve-hour days, twelve-hour evenings, or you work, you know, days, evenings, nights, or maybe you work weekends. But you don't work them all. You don't work all the shifts. And right. the VA has the ability to do that without us having to say, you know, having being able to tell them, no, you can't do that because it impedes patient care when the nurses are so tired they can't do good care. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're asking for. We're asking folks to call all the folk, all of the senators on the Veterans Affairs Committee. Certainly, uh, Senator uh, Bernie Sanders is very supportive. All of these guys that I just mentioned are supportive, but they need to hear from people in their states. They need to hear from their own constituents to say that this needs to be done. Certainly, we have veterans organizations that are out there that are supporting us, the PVA, which is the Paralyzed Veterans of America, the Disabled Veterans, uh, DAV, the Vietnam Veterans Groups are all supporting us because they know that the nurses are the people that are there with them 24 hours a day. The nurses are the ones that are holding their hands, giving them pain medicine, taking care of them every step of the way, and they support us being able to stand up for them because that's what we do. Absolutely. So we really appreciate it. We've been talking with RN and Chair of Veterans Affairs for National Nurses United, Irma Westmoreland. Irma, we really appreciate uh, your time on the show and the work that you're doing with our veterans. And I want to just say, Irma Westmoreland, that you have five degrees of separation from the famous Westmoreland, yes? Yes, I do. (laughs) That's wonderful. So thank you for your years of service as a nurse, but also for working for the VA. We need good nurses like you on the front lines. Oh, thank you so much. For more information on this topic, visit nnu.org or nursetalksite.com.